As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. And I know that you are here to listen to the best humans on the planet to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Let's do this. Give you all a quick shout out for all the amazing um, interaction that you're having with Straight Talk and my guests. And you're also just leaving amazing comments, watching the videos. I mean, you do, you're just doing everything, and I really love you for that. And as you know, I go around this amazing planet trying to find the best humans on it so that they can come on here to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. I think I found a guy, too. I'm so excited. So his name is Terry Tucker, and he's an international podcast guest on the topics of motivation, self-development, and mindset, which you guys know, boom, he landed in the right place. So Terry has been in a marketing executive, a hospital administrator, a SWAT team hostage negotiator, what? A high school basketball coach, a business owner, a motivational speaker, and for the past 10 years, a cancer warrior. And that that one right there really got me. So Terry, I'm really glad that you look so well, that you probably feel so well. Uh, so I can't wait to get into this with you. Um, and also, I know that going through something as becoming a warrior against something so personal, right? Cancer can be such a personal thing um that i know that transforms your thinking i know it does right it, it just transforms the way you think the way you look at life and all of that so i cannot wait to get into this conversation welcome to straight talk i really well, glad you're here well nina thanks for having me i'm really looking forward to talking with you yeah likewise and so uh, let me tell you i got a, a really great audience and they're they're just so good i just love these people so what i wanted to do and what i like to do is take them um to get to know you a little bit more so why don't we start with um, who you are? Because I know that's a very little question. So let's start with who is Terry? And then we'll go from there. Yeah, I don't really know where to start with this. I, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I am the oldest of three boys. You can't tell this from looking at me or from my voice, but I'm six foot eight inches tall. Oh, wow. and, I, 
played college basketball at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina, despite having three knee surgeries in high school. When I graduated from college, I moved home to find a job. And I'm really going to date myself now. This is long before the internet was available to help oh, people find there. a job. <laughs> but I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. So I was all oh, set nice. to make my mark on the world with my newly obtained business administration degree. And I look back now and realize how little I knew about business <laughs> just because I had a degree. Fortunately, right. as you mentioned, I was able to find that first job. I, I was in the marketing department at the corporate headquarters of Wendy's International, the hamburger oh, cool. chain. Unfortunately, I ended up living with my parents for the next three and a half years as I helped my mom care for my father and my mm -hmm. grandmother, who were both dying of different forms of cancer. You mentioned a lot about my professional career, so I really won't touch on that. I, and I, I guess just to kind of round out who I am, uh, my wife and I, my wife and I have been married for almost 30 years. We have oh, one awesome. child, a daughter, who's a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy and is oh, an wow. officer in the new branch of the military, the Space Force. Wow. How fun is that? You must be proud. Incredibly proud. You, yeah. you have no idea. Just don't ask me what she does because it's all top secret. And I have no <laughs> right, idea. So. right, right. Uh, but you, you know, you have a very beautiful, colorful uh, career path too, right? Because I mean, I, when I was reading, I was like blown. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, how did he go from a, a hospital administrator to a SWAT team hostage negotiator? What is that about? You got you to gotta tell us about that. So there is a backstory. You're, you're absolutely right. There, and when you understand the backstory, my resume makes a little bit more sense. My grandfather, my paternal grandfather, was a Chicago police officer from 1924 to 1954 and was actually shot in the line of duty with his oh own gosh. gun. It was not a serious injury. He was shot in the ankle. But my dad always remembered the stories that my grandmother told. My dad was an infant at the time of that knock on the door. Mrs. Tucker, grab your son, come with us. Your husband's been shot. And let's face it, trauma medicine in 1933 was a whole lot different than trauma oh, yeah. medicine in 2022. So when I expressed an interest in going into law enforcement, my father was absolutely not. You're going to go to college. You're going to major in business. You're going to get out, get a great <laughs> job, get married, have 2.4 kids and live happily ever after. But that's what my dad wanted me to do. That wasn't mm -hmm. what I felt my passion was. So when I graduated, I had a choice. I could say, you know, Dad, I know you're dying. Sorry, I'm going to go blaze my own trail. Or out of love and respect for you, I will do what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. So if you look at my resume, my first two jobs were in business because that's what my father wanted me to do. And I sort of joke. I did what every good son did. I waited till my father passed away, and then I followed my own dreams. Right. <laughs> right. So that's kind of how right. I went from <laughs> business to getting into law enforcement. Yeah. And how was the law enforcement career for you? Did Was that a long career? Or was it just something that you wanted to try because it was in the family? Uh, it was it was certainly in the family and it really was my passion for for a long period of time. And, you know, I, I, I was a kind of an old guy to get into that. I was a 37 year old rookie police officer, which by most accounts is pretty old. I know I took a whole lot more Tylenol in the police academy than the younger people did. But <laughs> right. it was certainly something I enjoyed. I and, and I know you're going to laugh at this. You know, I started out in a marked car in a uniform answering radio runs. And, and, and this is where you're going to laugh. 
I was also in the drug unit. I, I did undercover narcotics work. And I know you're like, you're six foot eight. How could you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't undercover for nothing. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's right. And, and, and then I got into SWAT and I, and I was a hostage negotiator. And I learned a lot of good stuff wow. that I've wow. been able to use throughout the years on that. So it really was my passion, but it wasn't who I was. My, my mm. wife had always been the primary breadwinner. And when she lost her job, uh, I had to get out of it. And we moved to another state and I, I was way too old to start over again. So I thought, well, what can I do? I, and I started a school security consulting business. And I also coached girls high school basketball because our daughter got my height and actually went to the Air Force Academy oh, to play cool. basketball. Wow, that's awesome. But So what, what do you mean by um, it was not who I was? What, is, what does that mean? Like, because you tried a couple of things, right? And I think all of us do this, Terry, right? We're trying to find that that thing, right? That thing that we're aligning with, right? So when you um you wanted to be in law enforcement for 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 so long, you got into law enforcement, and then you realized that wasn't what you wanted, right? Is that is that how that came about? Actually, that's not really what I meant, and and I I guess okay. I'll, I try to put it this way. So when I was in law enforcement, I saw a number of people, I'm not going to say the majority, but a number of people who felt that their identity was tied to that gun and that badge yeah. And, yeah. and the authority they had. And I never felt that. I always felt that that I could do other things with my life, with the experiences that I had and things like that. And like I said, I knew people that were in the police department that had been there for 30 or 40 years and could not retire because as I said, their identity was tied to that. So I, it, it was never my identity, but it was certainly my passion. And it was that made it a lot easier for me to transition into starting my own business and coaching basketball and things like that. Because like I said, it wasn't who I was. It's what I did. Okay. Well, that, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So do you think now, um, are you still coaching the, the uh, basketball or? I really haven't been able to do anything since I was diagnosed with cancer. I, I had my mm. foot amputated in 2018 and my leg amputated in 2020. Wow. So wow. I'm pretty much, you know, from here up, what you can see is good from here down. Not, not too good at all. So, <laughs> so can we, is it, are you open to touch on that? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Um, so where, so I'm assuming you were, already out of being a SWAT team negotiator and okay um so you were already out of that and then you had opened up your business and you were teaching uh, basketball so was it after your was was your cancer diagnosis recent or when was your cancer diagnosis 2012 so a little over oh. 10 years ago um and I, I had a I had a callus break open on the bottom of my foot, right below my third toe. And at the time I was actually coaching basketball. And, and so I didn't right. initially think much of it because as a coach, you're on your feet a lot. But after a few weeks of it not healing, I went to see a podiatrist, a foot doctor friend of mine. And he took an x-ray and he said, Terry, I think you have a cyst in there and I can cut it out. And he did. And he showed it to me. It was just a little gelatin sack with some white fat in it. No dark spots, no blood, nothing that gave either one of us concern. But Fortunately or unfortunately, wow. he sent it off to pathology to have it looked at. And then two weeks later, I received a call from him. And as I mentioned, he was a friend of mine. And the more difficulty he was having explaining to me what was going on, the more frightened I was becoming. Right. Until finally, he just laid it out for me. He said, Terry, I've been a doctor for 25 years. 
I have never seen this form of cancer. You have a rare form of melanoma. Wow. And most of us think of melanoma as too much exposure to yeah. the sun, but you have a rare form of melanoma that appears on the bottom of the feet or the palms of the hands. And it wow. has absolutely nothing to do with your exposure to the sun. And that started my 10 year odyssey through this cancer journey. Wow. That must've been um, really shocking moment, right? Because I don't think any of us want to hear those words, right? That you have cancer. And then it's, and then it's like layered a bit with the rare form of cancer, right? So now you don't even know what kind of cancer that you're going to be fighting up against. Um, so do you, do you remember that experience? Do you remember that moment? Do you remember what you felt? I do. I, I remember I, I, I was, you know, the nice thing about being your own boss, you know, you can sort of ramp up or down your business. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was still doing consulting, but it was basketball season. So I wasn't doing a much, doing much of it. But I remember I was literally walking out of a FedEx store, having just sent a, a report that I had done for a school in Louisiana when my cell phone rang and it was my my podiatrist, my friend. Mm -hmm to tell me this. And I, I, I remember, I remember the temperature. I remember mm -hmm. what I was wearing. I remember, I remember everything about it and thinking, Oh my gosh. And I, I, you know, my first call after I found out was to my wife. And then my next call was to my 97 year old friend who'd been in world war two, who just listened and listened and listened and then used a, 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 a cuss word that I won't use on the, on the right. air to think, you know, like, okay, all right, we've got to deal with this. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think I went through all the, I guess, emotions that we would associate with grief when I found mm -hmm. out, you know, first it was denial. I can't possibly have cancer. Then I was mad. Yeah. And I started to bargain with God. Our daughter was in high school when I was diagnosed right. and, and I was like, look, just let me live long enough for her to, to, to graduate. And then I got down for a while. But then I got to a point where it was like, this sucks, but I'm going to have to embrace this suck. I'm going to have yeah. to take these cards that I've been dealt that I do not like. And I'm going to mm -hmm. have to play this hand to the best of my ability. And I've been doing that for the last 10 years. Do you think that that mindset, right, to to look at the situation and say, I can sit in sorrow because that is an option as well, right? Or I can play this card, these cards well. Um, do you think that mindset came in because of your history, that, you know, with with like law enforcement and you know hostage negotiation? Because those those are high pressure jobs. That's a high pressure job, right? So right. do you think that that trained you? Do you think that got you, you know, to, to be able to, to negotiate, if you will, with that thought process? I, I think that was part of it. I also think my background in athletics, you know, I started playing yeah, basketball when I was true. nine years old and, mm -hmm. and played all the way up through uh, graduating from college. I think a lot of it had to do with mindset. Mindset has always been a, a, a huge part of my life. I remember and again, I'm going to date myself again. Back when I was 16 years old, this was 1976, the country's bicentennial. And there was a, a U.S. gold medal winning Olympic swimmer by the name of Shirley Babishaw, who had one of the greatest quotes that I ever heard. And this is what she said. She said, winners think about what they want to happen. Losers think about what they don't want to happen. Oh. And I think that was really, you know, I've seen people that have, you know, 
basically taken out their frustration, their anger on doctors and nurses and things like that going through cancer. And, and I made a conscious decision very early on that I was never going to take my misfortune out on somebody that was trying to help yeah. me. So yeah. never on a doctor, never on a nurse, never on a therapist and things like that. But I've seen people do it and I understand why they do it because this is, for most people, the scariest thing that's ever happened yeah. in your life. I mean, your life is basically being threatened by these little cells that are invading mm -hmm. your body. Right, right. And you only have one, right? It's not like you can go and get exactly. the body back yeah, and get another, another one, one on right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I wish. Um, so so now that you have gone through that and, and um, you, 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 you feel to me like you've, you're on the other side of this, right? Um, are you not? No, when I found out I had the, the tumor in my leg and that caused my leg to be amputated, I also found out I had tumors in my lungs and I still okay. have tumors in my lungs. I am on a clinical trial drug now that I go to the hospital for a week every three weeks. Okay. I'm treated for that. I will start again on that trial on Monday. Uh, mm -hmm. So during these two two weeks that I have off, I get to talk to nice people like you and, and hopefully make a difference in people's <laughs> uh, lives. I'm so glad you took the time to do that. Thank you so much. Sure. I appreciate that. So what keeps you being a motivational speaker, right? Like really pouring into somebody else's life and shifting people's mindset and pouring yourself into others, right? I mean, Terry, a lot of people, and, and excusably so, because sometimes sometimes you will find the group of people that will let you sit in your stuff, right? They will. So how do you, um, how do you do it? How do you, how do you actually go to motivate someone else? And, but I guess what my real curiosity is how do you stay motivated? Right. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, before I answer that, I should preface this with saying, you know, I mean, you're looking at me right now. There's no S on my chest. I don't wear a cape and fly right. around with magical powers. I mean, I'm a human being. I, I have bad days. I, I get down. I feel sorry for myself. Yeah. There are days that I even cry. But when I find those days, I find that, you know, and, and all of us, you know, I mean, we're human beings. We, yeah. You know, we're not Superman. That I'm looking internally like, woe is me. This is terrible and things like that. And I find a way to get out of that is yes, to realize that, okay, now I got to go help somebody else. I got to go make a difference in someone else's life. And when you do that, all of a sudden now you're not looking at yourself and your situation. Now you're projecting outward and trying to help another person. And I find when you do that, your entire attitude mm -hmm. changes. And, and I think one of the things that I learned being part of a team, playing team sports, growing up, and it just doesn't have to be sports. I mean, you can, any, any kind of a team, even a family, is that you realize that if you don't do your job, not only do you let yourself down, but you let your teammates down, your fans down, your coaches down, et cetera. Yeah. And if you think about it, the biggest team game that we all play is this game of life. So yeah. the way I look at it, this is, is that this is something that's bigger than me. And I'm on a clinical trial drug now that more than likely won't save my life, but it may save the life of somebody five years from now or 10 years from now that I don't even know about. Right. And for me, that's being part of something that's bigger than me. And that's how I stop looking at me and try to focus on other people. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Thank you for that answer. That's a very honest answer. And I love straight talk. I mean, that's why the show is called straight talk. And the reason I say that is because one of the things, uh, Cherry, that I love the most is when somebody can admit 
I don't have a cape. I don't have an S, right? Because um, I think that when you speak to people who they they almost sound like inauthentic, right? When they when they're when they're just oh we're good all the time, twenty four hours a day. This is what I do. That's not true. There's no way you can be that way all the time. I mean, I know Instagram gives us the little post where you look like you are all day, but that's not true. So I'm really glad you said that because, uh, you know, for those of you who are listening and are struggling with something as well, there's a couple of things, a couple of takeaways I took from this, Terry. So one of them was being authentic, right? So just being truthful that you're going to have bad freaking days and it's okay to have them, right? Yes. The other thing is when you start to, pour your life into some other people, even people you don't know, there is a reward to that, right? There's something that fills you up, you know, and it's because you are not even thinking about what you're going through anymore. You're thinking about how you can help them get through what they're going through. And that is a very powerful thing to do. And I, I'm actually very glad that God puts that in us, you know, that ability to want to help that, that, that innate, feeling to help others because i think it's it's um it's super helpful to get us out of our own mess because we all have it we all have stuff right so what do you actually do you so i know you do your motivational speaking right now is there other things that you do like do you coach people do you do all that because you're also going through treatments you have to also take care of you right so how do you manage all of that what do you do yeah, that's that's a great question and and my wife and i constantly get into these little uh disagreements for lack of a better word. Yeah, let's call them that. Let's call them that. Yeah, <laughs> disagreement. Because, you know, when I'm off, when I'm when I'm off for these two weeks, I will do podcasts. You know, when when COVID hit, I just started my motivational speaking business. And let's let's be honest, you know, that was probably the worst time to start it. And so I had to figure out how I could change that, how I could could do that differently. And somebody reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to be a guest on my podcast? And my first response was, what's a podcast? Right. I had absolutely no idea right. what a podcast was. And so I, I remember the first, I, well, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I'll try to, to take my message to, you know, I had notes all around my camera. You know, I was so oh, nervous so cool. and, and, yeah. and scared. And I mean, I coached in front, I've been up in front of parents. I've done all kinds, of, but I was nervous looking at right. a camera Right. Telling my story. So yeah. what yeah. I found now, and I have been incredibly fortunate to be a guest on over 500 podcasts all wow. over the world, wow. is that this, this energizes me. This motivates me. This gives me, and I guess I'll go back to my father. When my father was dying, mm. my father worked up till two weeks before he died. He was in real oh, estate wow. and he had end stage breast cancer. And in the 1980s, oh. they did not know how to treat a man right. with breast cancer. So they basically told him to go home and die. And he wow. lived three and a half years. And I believe he did because he had a purpose. And mm -hmm. I sort of tucked that in the back mm -hmm. of my mind mm -hmm. and said, you know, well, when it's my time in the barrel that that I'll, I'll remember that. And so doing podcasts, trying to help other people with my story. And as you say, I don't have all the answers. This is right. what I do and how it works for me. But with with my dad, it was like, you have to have a purpose. If you don't have a purpose, you will just sit around and think about how bad your life is. Yeah. Find something in your life that motivates you. And for me, it's podcast. That's great. That's, and that's a really great tool too, Terry. Uh, you know, because I mean, there's 
millions of people that listen to podcasts. I mean, it, it, I mean, just 20,000 or 28,000 download mine every month. Right. So that's just to show you that the power of that, right. The power of a story, the power of somebody going through something right now that can really just hear your voice and say, you know what, what am I doing? You know, let me, let me go help somebody. Let me go volunteer somewhere. Let me do something, you know, because that does happen. I mean, and I, I love that you also shared that there were stages to that too. It wasn't like you just got a message and then decided I'm going to just go on podcast. You went through anger. You weren't, you were frustrated. You were negotiating with God. You know, you were sad, you know, like all of those things are real, real freaking things. Right. So How's your family? How's your wife? How's your daughter? How are they dealing with, with this? Yeah, that, that's another great question because I think cancer or, or any kind of a chronic or a terminal illness tends to isolate you from first your friends and your family mm -hmm. and, and even a lot of times from yourself. And, you know, I deal with the, the physical pain of this, which I think for me is much easier than what my family goes through in terms of watching me have to nice. suffer yeah. through these things. And I, I, I tell the story when, when, when I had my leg amputated, my doctor wanted to put me on chemotherapy. And, and I, I looked at him, I said, is it going to save my life? And he was like, eh, probably not. I said, well, I don't think I want to, I was eight years into this fight. And I'm like, well, if the outcome is going to be the same, I don't think I want to do that, but I'll go home and talk to my family. And, and, and this, this really did happen, but it's kind of a funny story. And so I, I went home and I started telling my, my wife and daughter and my daughter's immediately, all right, we need a family meeting. I'm like, family meeting, there's three of us. It's not like right. I got a board here or something like that, you know? <laughs> so we all sit around the kitchen table and talk about how we individually feel about me having mm. chemotherapy. And then when we're done with that, my daughter's like, all right, let's take a vote. How many people want dad to have chemotherapy? And my wife and daughter raised their hand. I'm like, wait a minute, am I getting outvoted <laughs> for something that I didn't want to do? Right. But I remember back when I was in the police academy, our defensive tactics instructor used to have us bring a photograph of the people we love the most to class. And as we were learning different techniques to defend ourselves, we were to look at that photograph because he reasoned you'll fight harder for the people you love wow. than wow. you'll fight for yourself. So I took chemotherapy, so not because I wanted to, but because my family wanted me to. And in hindsight, it was an excellent bridge that got me to the point where I am that I've been able to take this clinical trial drug because oh. I, I would have died before, before I would have had that opportunity. Right. So yes, my family is an incredibly important part of my life. Yeah. And I hate what this is doing to them because right. all they can do is watch from the outside. You know, you're also giving them a big gift, Terry, right? You're giving them a, a huge gift because you are um, going out there and talking to people. You are, you know, um, uh, motivating people to see life at a different way. And that actually helps, believe it or not, um, because I know that, you know, I've had people in my family die of cancer and I've had people in my family diagnosed and have done well. Uh, but when you see your family member uh, striving, uh, doing things they want to do, you know, like going forward anyway, like you did with your dad, right? Watching him work up until the almost the end, mm -hmm. it does something to you, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's just a different uh, a different feel, if you will. If your dad was just laying around on a couch all day doing nothing, that would have been a different impression and a different feel. But instead, it encouraged you and also motivated you, and even stayed in the back of your mind for your struggle today, right? Yeah, so I say and, and I, to, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I Go think ahead. you're absolutely right. And and yeah. I think that goes back to 
to mindset. You know, if mm-hmm, our mind is does. focused on something that's positive that we're doing, then our mind isn't sitting around saying, oh, wow, you know, boy, I'm probably going to die. And this is horrible and all the other kind of things. So it's it's really how you want to to approach it. And, and I kind of look at life sort of as a, which handle do you want to grab? The handle of I have to, or the handle of I get to. And, right. and for me to go to therapy, as bad as therapy is for me, I get to go to therapy because I'm, a right. making, I'm making a difference in somebody else's life as opposed to, you know, oh, I have to go to therapy or I have to get up and go to work this morning or, or whatever it is. Right. So it's, it's really our choice as to which handle we want to grab. Mm-hmm. So how do you grab the right handle when you don't freaking feel like it? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. I, I think you have to understand your purpose in life. And, 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 you know, and we talked a little while ago that a lot of times we feel our purpose is our job. And when we were talking, I was thinking, boy, I need to make this point. That doesn't have to be the case. I mean, your job could be over here and that's what you do to pay the bills, but your purpose is to be a podcast host or be a coach or start your business or whatever it is you want to do. So don't feel that if your career or your job is not aligned with what you feel your purpose is, that that's not the case. But I really do feel you have to understand what's really important in life. And I had a, had a nurse recently ask me what it was like to have my foot amputated and then to have my leg amputated. And I told her, I said, it hasn't been easy. I, I'm still learning how to walk again with a yeah. prosthetic. I mean, Let's face it, when you're six foot eight, falling is not an option. Oh, you know, you kind of get hurt. <laughs> I keep forgetting how tall you are, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but what I told her was, you know, cancer can take all my physical faculties, but cancer can't touch my mind, it can't touch my heart, and it can't touch my soul. And that's who I am, Nina. That's who right. you are. That's who yeah, the yeah. audience is. That's yeah. who you really are. So think about that and think about where you spend your time. Are you spending it all? on the exterior, on the facade, on the, you know, everything's perfect? Or are you working on your heart, your mind, mm-hmm, and your soul? Mm-hmm, who's mm-hmm. really, that's really who you are. This is just a vessel or a house to house that. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm glad you said that. And it also like, uh, because your family is not, you know, going to like years and years from now and, you know, even the grandchildren, great-grandchildren, whatever, it'll be talking about your heart your mind, your spirit, your soul is not going to talk. They're not going to, they're not going to talk about your body. I mean, they're just not, we don't, when I talk about my, my family, my, my parents or whatever, I don't, I don't talk about their physical body. I always talk about the way they love me, the way they cared for me, like that kind of stuff. Right. Right. So it's super powerful. And I'm really glad that you, you know, took the time to be here. Um, I'm going to be praying for you, Terry. I hope that this goes really well. Um, And, but I want you to also just like really embrace and enjoy life because, you know, like most of us, we say we're we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not right. Right. And so you have to enjoy your family now too. Right. Cause they're not promised tomorrow either. So I I love your perspective. I love your mind. I love the way you, you view life. And I love that your authenticity is really um, like attractive. It's a beautiful thing. Right. So keep being authentic. Curse people out when you feel like it and love on people when you feel like it. That's how you you keep it moving forward, Terry. Well, Nina, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad. Terry, is there is there ways that people can like like uh, support you or reach out to you or follow you? Do you have things like that? 
I do. Yeah. Uh, I have a book called Sustainable Excellence, the oh, awesome. 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon and Extraordinary Life. You can get that book on anywhere you can get a book online, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple iBooks. I also have a blog and every day I put up a thought for the day. And with that thought comes a question about maybe how you could apply that in your life. Nice. Also on my blog, I have you know recommendations for videos to watch, books to read. You can leave me a message there. You can look at some of my other podcasts. You can look at my social media links. So, and that's motivationalcheck.com. Awesome. See, all right, Terry, look at you. You didn't even know what a podcast was. Now you got all this stuff going on. <laughs> oh, Terry, this was a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for being on Straight Talk and for blessing me and my audience with your story and uh, and your mindset and the you know the things that we can look at in a, in a real way, an authentic way, and just search out the best moments in life. So thank you for this. I really am grateful. Thank you for being here. Thank, thank you, you, Nina. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You are the best, okay? I have the best podcasting community ever. I really do. And I appreciate you guys being on here. Make sure you go on to winject.com slash register, W-I-N-J-E-C-T dot com slash register and register for my free community because I want to be really um, connected with you and I want us to brainstorm and be with each other and connect in a deeper way. If you are looking for coaching, please make sure that you also email me at hello at straighttalknosugaredit.com. I work with women and I help them develop that business that they are envisioning in their hearts so that they can win. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you, love you, love you. This is Dina Perez, Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.